welcome to the Redemptive Parenting Podcast, where we aim to encourage and equip parents in wisdom with hope in the gospel for the everyday. I'm Kristen, and to conclude the short series I've been doing on big issues our kids face, I have with me today, Kristen Jensen. Now, you may have heard Kristen on another podcast or have one of her books. She is the founder of Defend Young Minds, formerly known as Protect Young Minds, she is the number one best-selling author of the Good Pictures, Bad Pictures series of read-along books and the producer of Brain Defense, Digital Safety Curriculum. So basically, she's a champion for growing kids to be screen smart and empowered to reject pornography. Kristen, I'm so glad you could join me today. Welcome. Thank you, Kristen. And I love your name. <laughs> <laughs> Same. And we've already established we both spell it the correct way. <laughs> Yeah. So I gave the quick overview of what you do, but tell us where you live, a bit about your family. And then since we only have a short time together, just jump right in with what led you in your passion of equipping parents and kids against pornography. Yeah, well, I live in Washington State, the great Northwest. Love it here. And um, but I've lived all over the country and um, I have three children, uh, two daughters and a son who's waiting for me in heaven. Um I um, never, ever planned, you know, our lives take some interesting turns, don't they? And so after I had sent my last child off to college, uh, we moved and I met a woman who called me up one night and she told me this really tragic tale of how her oldest son, who was 17 at the time, um, had they had found out that he was sexually molesting his younger brothers and sisters all the way down to the four-year-old. It was a mm. large family. Wow. They homeschooled, they went to church every Sunday. Um, but uh, turns out pornography, you know, was involved mm. and uh, you know, he had to go away to treatment. The kids had to go to counseling. It was really a stressor um, on the whole family really terrible. And so I woke up the next morning and I just had this thought in my head that would not go away about, you know, who is going to warn the young children? Because obviously young children were getting into pornography and being affected by it. And in fact, maybe being even led to perpetrate or to molest other children, which we do know is happening. Yes. Um, how, you know, how are they going to be taught? So I thought, well, I'm sure there's a book, you know, there's books about everything. I think there's a book for every problem. So I looked and looked and looked, couldn't find anything. And then I started doing some research about pornography and how it affects the brain. And I thought I could write a book. Like, I don't know why I thought that, but you know, I was an English major, you know, when you see a boy, they (laughs) really are. That's the best books are born that way. Well, uh, it took three years. I thought it would take a couple of weeks in the summer, but it was not as easy as I thought because I created Good Pictures, Bad Pictures, Porn Proofing Today's Young Kids um, for parents to make it super easy for them to just open a book, start reading. It's very matter of fact, very comfortable. And, and you can even read it to kids before you've started those talks about the birds and the bees. Although I do recommend you have those early as well, but kids can be exposed to pornography at such early ages. My saying is hashtag sooner is safer. Uh, We need to give them a warning. So that's how good pictures, bad pictures was born. And then later on I had friends, well, friends and other people come to me and say, 
we need you to write a book for younger children, for like preschoolers, which was like, I, I felt like punched in the gut the mm. first time someone asked me that. Yeah. But then I started seeing kids on iPads, every three-year-old, you know, and so wrote Good Pictures, Bad Pictures, Junior, A Simple Plan to Protect Young Minds. Mm -hmm. And uh, so now both books out and um, that's how I got started. Crazy. I never planned to write a book about porn for kids. I I did not plan this. I don't think anyone could have, but I did feel called to do it. I think that is so cool. And I can completely identify because I've written some books and had no intention of becoming an author. And as I told you before we got on air, I am finishing up my master's degree. I had no intention of going back to school, but, but God does, he lays these new plans in front of us and we just walk in them. So I just think it is fantastic. We needed books like you have put out and I've read them. They are super easy to like, I wish that in fact, someday with my grandchildren, but I just love how easy it makes it for parents. And that was something that I was going to ask you um, listening today, parents with all age children, which means some parents are on the front end while others may be wishing that they had had your books and information you'll share a long time ago, because now they have older teens and young adults. So in order to hit all ends of the spectrum, you kind of want to, I guess, start with the young ones and then we'll move on to what we do if we've missed the boat, so to speak, with our older ones. But, you know, you mentioned these books, how they're so easy to just walk alongside with our little ones. I would love for you just to elaborate on those conversations, um, maybe some of what's in the book or those things that we can say, like, how does that work practically? Yeah. So when you start at a younger age, you become the expert. You set yourself up as the person, if they have questions, if they hear something, if they see something, they know to come to you to work it out because kids need mentors. They need their parents to walk alongside them. If parents don't begin talking about it at a young age and the kids see something, they'll keep it secret. Many times they'll keep it secret. And then that just drives a wedge in the relationship. So sooner is safer. My books do three things. Basically, they provide a definition, a warning, and a plan. So what pornography is, why it's harmful and dangerous, and what to do, exactly what to do when you see it, hear it, read it, whatever, right? Right. So both books begin by talking about the good pictures that we have in the world, you know, the good pictures we can see in books, the good pictures we can see in our photo albums or on our phones. But then it goes into giving an age appropriate definition of what bad pictures are, what pornography is. Then they learn about how bad pictures can harm their growing brain. And then they're taught a plan. So again, so they're not caught off guard because none of us do very well when we're caught off guard, do we? If we have a plan in place, we're so much stronger. And that's what we need to equip kids with these digital self-defense skills so that they can recognize and then they can react and respond in a really positive way. And I, if you don't mind, Kristen, I'll tell you my favorite story. Please do. I mean, I have so many, but this one, for some reason, is just one of my favorites. I saw someone posted this on Facebook when they were talking about good pictures, bad pictures. They had read good pictures, bad pictures to their nine-year-old son. Two days later, when he went to school, a classmate with a smartphone, which I really wish parents 
would never give a smartphone to someone that young, but he had it and he showed him pornography. So because this kid had just been basically trained and he knew what to do, he saw that it was pornography. He knew to turn away. And when he got home, he told his mom, and this is what he said. I was scared, but I knew what to do. Mm, talk about scared, Providence. but I knew. Yes. And think of the burden you're taking off these kids, because from what I've learned from other experts and also from, from some studies is that kids don't automatically come and tell you, oh, I saw this picture of these naked people. No, they keep it to themselves because they don't understand. Like they don't even have the vocabulary. They don't even know what they saw. They can't even talk about it. So if we can give them the vocabulary, simple age, appropriate vocabulary, say I'm a safe person to talk to, then our children are going to be stronger and have a better choice because, and I think you probably believe this too, Kristen, that if children are not educated, they don't truly have a choice. Now, if you do not teach them the difference between good and bad, then they don't truly have a choice. Um, sure. They're more held, they're, they're going to be held captive by their natural curiosity. So if we can teach them exactly how to respond when they see pornography, they have a real choice. Now, some of them will mess up, you know, none of us are perfect, right, right. but at least they'll have a choice and they'll have it in their head. Like, uh, you know, I've been warned about this. Yes. Everything you said is so important. And it, it defutes the argument that if we bring up the conversation, then we're going to expose our kids to something that they, you know, haven't thought about yet. But I really believe that teaching precedes understanding and, and we need to capture them before they have encountered it. Even though I hate that, I hate the brokenness and sin that's in this world that leads us to have to have those conversations, but that's where we are. And so, like you said, you're is instead equipping your children and giving them just kind of the ammunition to, to know it, how to respond in that situation that is going to keep them safer. So, and I hope that parents can hear that way of thinking of it instead of thinking like, oh, I just want to keep them in a bubble and not tell them about any of these things. No, that's, that's not realistic in this. Yeah. Right. And you know what? I don't think as much as we want our kids to be innocent, ultimately that's not the goal. We want them to be strong and we want them to choose the right. choose the good instead of the bad. So they see good and they see bad and we want them to choose the good, but we have to educate them. Um, We certainly don't wait till a toddler runs out into the street (laughs) before we start teaching them, Hey, stop at the curb, wait for mommy, hold mommy's hand. Right. Exactly. Um, So we need to, or they step onto the super highway of the internet. We need to give them self-defense skills. And, and this is why we changed our name. You know, you mentioned that we were formerly protect young minds. Uh-huh. Now we're defend young minds. I felt very strongly about changing the name because when you defend, you are defending against a known enemy. When you protect, it's a little more passive because maybe there'll be an enemy, maybe not. You know, you put wax on your car, that's protected. <laughs> but This is defending against a known enemy, a predator that's trying to steal and rob and hurt our children. So we have to be defenders and we have to teach our children to defend themselves as well. 
that makes so much sense. The name change. Um, talk to us, you know, obviously as kids get older and especially as they begin using technology, our conversations start to change. And I know that you're a proponent for filters for our devices, which is so important. And I, you know, I'd love for you to hit on that a little bit, but also the idea of helping our kids develop the internal filters. Yes. So both are necessary, right? Both are necessary. So it's like a two pronged, actually there's more to it than that, but let's just talk about these two prongs. So one is this high-tech intervention, which is filters, accountability software. There's a new filtering software called Canopy. I'm familiar with it. You can learn about that on defendyoungminds.com. And they use artificial intelligence. They've taught a computer how to recognize pornography. So they don't just go by like keywords or labels of pictures, which a lot of other filters do, or they don't just take off whole websites, right? If you're on a travel website and there's a nude beach and you don't want your kids to be looking at that, it will take out that one picture, not the whole website. So it's, hmm. it's, it's more precise, right? It's much more precise and it works better than the old way of filtering. Um, there's accountability software. So you can put software on a phone, you can put software on a computer. So these are all very important. And we have lots of updates and articles about that on, uh, on our website, defendyoungminds.com. However, filters will never persuade your child that pornography is wrong. Mm -hmm. They will never capture the hearts and minds of your children and persuade them to make the right decision. That's where the internal filter comes in. And I've talked for years about, we need to establish an internal filter. And part of that is, you know, what we do in the books, which is we definitely want to teach a child to recognize it. So we give a definition to understand why it's harmful and to give them a plan. That is part of it. But, but also this is a process of persuasion. It's not a one and done conversation. Oh, we read the book, check that off. No. It's a con continual conversation. And again, it's persuasion. It's loving persuasion. Because if you think you can mandate your way out of this, I'm sorry, but that is just, unfortunately, I wish yeah. we could. Yeah, no but way. your kids will be, they, you, you can't just lay down the law. We will not do this. I, we have to persuade them. Why? Because they will have a choice. It's so accessible to them. They have to be able to make the choice themselves and also know that you still love them, even if they have, you know, pulled into it by their curiosity. And so that you're there to extricate themselves out of it, out of that trap. Yeah. So the two prong, the high tech and the low tech, which is the relationship part. And a child will never be safe unless you have that relationship, that persuasion part of the equation. Yes. And we have to be willing to go there and like that, to grow alongside our kids in these conversations as they become older and exposed in more ways. We can't just expect that filter is enough and we're kind of one and done. We've taken care of it. No way. So I love your emphasis on internal filters. And really, I mean, in today's culture and pornography is everywhere. We're so desensitized to it that we don't even bat an eye at soft porn that shows up all around us in song lyrics and 
advertising and novels and comics and video games. I mean, I think that halftime shows. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just so normalized and yet it's wrecking havoc on our kids' brains. So I feel like I'm becoming a neuroscience nerd. <laughs> I think it's fascinating. So I'd love for you to help us understand what happens in the brain when pornography is viewed so we can gain a better sense of how and why it actually becomes an addiction. Yeah, well, it's very well established now that there are substance addictions, like we know alcohol and drugs, but there's also behavioral addictions or process addictions. And the American Society of Addiction Medication or Addiction Medicine back in 2011, 10 years ago, changed their definition of addiction to include these behavioral addictions. So basically when we take a drug into our system, It is affecting the dopamine release in our brain. Now, dopamine is not the pleasure as much as it's the seeking, the motivating. They call it the molecule of motivation. And what happens when you have internet pornography, you can always click, 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 tap, 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 find a new picture, find a new video, find a new thing. And so novelty also causes the brain to produce dopamine. When you take pornography and you add masturbation to it and you add the high-speed video audio component to it, it becomes a super normal stimulus, something that our brains really don't have the ability to combat as much. Mm -hmm. So that's why we need to refuse it at the beginning because it can become a deeply entrenched addiction. And Let me ask you, Kristen, if you were addicted to meth Uh and you could get meth out of your phone um, in the privacy of your bedroom or bathroom 24-7 for free, would you have a problem? Uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that's what our kids are facing. I did a study to find out why children are going for porn. What are they hiring porn to do, Hmm. right? Porn is doing a job for them. Mm -hmm. They're hiring porn to teach them about sex. Number one, they're hiring porn to help them deal with their negative emotions because it's a very quick, Hey, I don't want to think about how lonely I'm feeling today or how I got bullied today or how my friend betrayed me today at school. I'm going to go and do porn. And that will take me away from all my problems very quickly. And it is so effective. So kids hire porn for many reasons, and it does become an addiction. And because sex, you know, sex basically happens, the feelings and, you know, all the things involved in sex in your brain happens in several areas of your brain, Mm -hmm. not just one. So that even makes sexual addictions even more difficult to kind of get out of. I've heard that People that have been addicted to several different things, alcohol, drugs, and porn, they say, I got rid of the alcohol. I got rid of the drugs. Porn was the hardest Mm. because it's everywhere. And the triggers are everywhere. Sure. And it's free. Yeah. So, I mean. And we create that neural pathway in our brain. And the more we engage in it, the more firm that pathway becomes. And it's harder to change. Our brain wants to go. Now, I, now this is a, maybe a bad example, but. You know, when I get stressed, guess where I'm at? I'm in front of my pantry or I'm in front of my refrigerator, Uh right? A lot of carbs, (laughs) sweet carbs is my, Mm -hmm. you know, thing. 
and heaven help you if you get in my way. So, yeah, <laughs> you know, I get that. I have to work to change that neural connection. So I think we can kind of understand because we can see some of our own uh, pathways, but is a very strong pathway that gets put in the brain and the child needs to actually rewire their brain. And it takes effort. It takes help from the outside. Mm -hmm. So a brain that is addicted has a very difficult time, if not impossible to just deal with it on themselves. They have to have the help from some other brain, right? Yes, Outside of yes, themselves. Exactly. So yes, it is really the same as any other addiction, except your brain is making the drug and you become addicted to your own dopamine. And it has all the signs of uh, addiction, which is de developing a tolerance. So you have to increase your- Yeah, the amount know, the or the- The amount or the- so pornographers, they have a real problem because, you know, they start off with this vanilla porn, but then that's pretty soon that's not enough. So then they have to go to something more violent, mm -hmm. something more vile, something more crazy, weird, you know, extreme. Yeah. And it goes on and on and on. It gets to the point where they're being so violent uh, to women, even children. And it's, it's just, and people are beginning horrible. to think that that's yeah. normal sex. And so then when you get into a real life relationship, I mean, that's a whole, that could be a whole nother <laughs> podcast. It topic. ruins it. Yeah. It basically robs the sexual template of your children. So sometimes I'll say this and people are like, what? But actually, when you think about your teens, when you think about your kids, you want them to grow up and have a great sex life with their spouse. Yes. You want them to have that blessing in their life. I want that, you know, I wanted that for my, my daughter who's married and, and for my other daughter who hasn't married yet, but you know, at the right time, I want them to have a great sex life, but pornography will take them in the opposite direction of a healthy sex life. And when I talk to teens, I talk to them about, okay, what is healthy sex? You know, what are the attributes of healthy sex? And I have a chart, mm -hmm. you know, it's loving. It, it sees the person as a whole person, not just parts it's empowering. And I list all the positive things. And then I list all the negatives of pornography. It's violent. It's self-centered. Uh -huh. It creates addiction on and on and on. And they, they begin to see, oh, wow. If I go to porn, I'm going towards a opposite direction of a healthy sexual relationship yes. when I get older. So and it's so important for us as parents to see and talk to, to be having with our teenagers so that they are aware of what about for the parents that are on here, maybe their kids' brains have already developed a craving for pornography. What are some of the red flags that we might pay attention to? And then what advice might you give to parents who may see a red flag and fear it's too late? What would you right. tell so, them? Right. So it's never too late to educate our children. It's never too late to inform them, engage them in conversations. I think it's a little trickier when they are teenagers and maybe already are in this. However, if you can do it in a loving way and in, and in a way that it's like, I'm your mom, I'm your dad. And you know, I have a stewardship over you and I am tasked. I need to teach you this. Now it's up to you what you do with it. But my part, I really do need to have these conversations with you. So that's one reason why we developed 
a new curriculum that parents can use. It's called Brain Defense Digital Safety. Mm-hmm. It's videos and workbooks, and it's super easy. It's like open and go. And we use, it's all based on prevention science that has been around for the last 30, 40 years. What really works to reduce risk in kids. So we have the Brain Gang, which is six kids that are older teens, and they're teaching the younger kids. So it's good for like kids seven, eight years old to 11, Mm -hmm. which that's the danger zone. That is often when they get into this. So it teaches them screen habits, healthy screen habits. It teaches about this process of addiction. We talk about how there are pathways in the brain that can become super highways. Uh, We teach them about, you know, we teach them refusal skills for pornography. And then we talk just about being a good digital citizen, what to do about bullying and not to be a bully, right? And what Uh to do in these situations. So that's something to definitely check out because I'm telling you, you're up against an enemy that most parents underestimate the strength of this enemy. And um, sorry to get a little emotional, but they don't see and they don't hear what I'm hearing every day and the emails I get and the tragic stories that I hear. So I think the worst thing that a parent can do is underestimate their enemy. And we see when what happens when we underestimate the enemy and the situation in Afghanistan, we underestimated the Taliban and how quickly they would invade. And now it's just a crisis. So we cannot underestimate pornography and it's effect on our kids' lives. And so just get every tool you can use every tool. And for teens, you asked about what are some of the red flags? Mm -hmm. Some of the red flags are they pull away from the family. They get angry really easily. They spend long, like if you notice that your teen is spending a long time in the bathroom with the shower going, that's potentially a red flag. Having screens in bedrooms with closed doors, that is a no, no, that is not healthy. We have an article about, you know, seven warning signs that your child is looking at porn. So we have those, that information available, but the thing, I'll just add this. Okay. When you're talking with teens, you need to think about how they think, right? How they see the world and what is going to be powerful for them. One thing about teens is they're all about social justice and fairness, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And if you talk about how big porn is trying to manipulate them, trying to trap them to eventually get their money, that it's all about greed and power that can speak to them. If you talk about how pornography is involved with sex trafficking, that they're linked, right? Mm -hmm. That so many people in pornography are being trafficked. And in fact, Pornhub, one of the biggest porn sites in the world, recently had to take down, they're they're being sued, they're being investigated because it was found out that they are hosting videos of kids that were trafficked and the traffickers made videos of them being raped and put it up on Pornhub to make more money. So this is so disturbing. If kids know, and then that also the pornography creates fuels a drive for sex trafficking. It fuels sex trafficking. So it's not fair. And every time they click on a porn site or on an ad, they're voting for 
an unjust system. Mm, that's such a fantastic way to approach it because you're right. They care so much about social justice and fairness. I see that all the time. I mean, that's brilliant to appeal to what matters to them. Yeah. And what you were touching on earlier, we can't be naive just because like your friend is you started out in the beginning because we go to church or maybe our kids are homeschooled or in a Christian school or whatever the case may be. We cannot be naive. Our kids are being exposed. So I wish we could just keep on with this conversation. You've offered some great information. And I know too, that your website has so much more. So will you tell us where the listeners can find more about your books, websites? Yeah. So uh, defendyoungminds.com. Go ahead and look. We have guides there. We have eBooks there. We have a free guide called how to talk to kids about pornography, the quick start guide. And you can download that for free. We also have others that are, you know, minimal cost. One of them is to prepare yourself for that day when your child comes and tells you that they've seen porn. Mm -hmm. We have a, an ebook called my kids saw porn. Now what? You know, mm, Gosh, that was so thoughtful uh, to, I mean, really, yeah. because we need to be prepared for that conversation yeah. too. Yep. So you can, you can look at that. We have our articles uh, almost every week we put out good information. We have guides for other kinds of specific problems. We have our books. And um, as I was mentioning before, we're coming out with a good pictures, bad pictures guide for professionals, which is really for educators, clinicians. We have 15 interventions for them to use to really solidify the concepts that are taught in good pictures, bad pictures, and help children not only heal from you know, sexual exploitation, which exposure to porn is sexual exploitation, yeah. but to also just really get ingrained with that information so that they have a strong defense when they're faced with porn. I'm so excited about that resource. You can count on me using that in my own practice. So that is just fantastic. Awesome. I will link all of that in the show notes so that people can find you. Thank you so much, Kristen. So thankful that you were here and able to, to share what you're learning and, and your gifts with the world. Thank you, Kristen. I'll just say too, I would invite you to follow us on Instagram and Facebook, uh, Twitter. We even have a little Pinterest following. <laughs> so, you know, follow us and on the, if you're on social, please follow us. We're constantly providing really great information and also great deals for other products that we see that are really helpful. Please, please arm your kids to defend themselves from pornography and they will have a really good chance for a happy, healthy future. Awesome. And I can tell you personally from following Defend Young Minds, help me to stay digitally aware and to just in the know of what's going on with pornography, which is crucial as a parent of a parent of any age kids. But for me having teenagers, I I'm so thankful for that resource and I see it daily on Instagram. So yes, I would definitely encourage you listeners to follow that. So Kristen, again, thank you. Thank you, Kristen. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Now, I trust that regardless of the ages of your kids, you have found this episode informative, but also I hope motivating to action when it comes to equipping your kids to stand against pornography. In addition to Kristen's resources on the Redemptive Parenting Instagram feed, there is a highlight icon with additional resources on pornography, and I will con continue to add more and more there. The more we refuse to keep our heads in the sand and grow an awareness of what our kids are facing or will face, the better prepared they will be to reject pornography. 
So please, this is too important not to talk about in your families and share with your friends. Until next time, grace and peace to you all.